Welcome to Viking Spotlight. This is a podcast about people, events, and projects in the North Canton City School District, and I'm your host, Jeff Wendorf. Today, we're talking to Mr. John Welsh, Director of Special Services, and Julie Stengor, Coordinator of Special Services and Response to Intervention in our school district. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks for having us. Absolutely. Very excited. Good. Good. Uh, first, let me say, one, we appreciate what you guys do for, uh, for the district. Uh, you serve about 600 students and manage staff of uh, over 100 employees. Uh, you, you both place a great deal of importance on helping every student experience uh, personal growth and achievement. And uh, I, I think our most um, challenged kids and kids in the most need, you guys help and, and your staff. So we're going to chat a little bit about special services in North Canton and how you help kids. So welcome. And uh, here we go. All right. So, Mr. Welsh, could you share with us your background in special education before joining us here in North Canton? You've been here a few years, correct? Yeah, this is the start of my eighth year. And prior to that, I was at Cuyahoga Falls City Schools for 12 years as the coordinator of pupil services. And I started my career at Green High School as an intervention specialist. So this is a total of 29 years and 20 in administration. Great. Thanks. Julie, what about you? Yes, yeah, so I was a psychologist here in the district um, at Claremont, the preschool and the middle school prior to taking on my first year in this administrative right. role. Great. Good, good. All right. So you, you have challenging and important jobs. And, and John, could you share a little bit uh, about your responsibilities and what you do as the director of special services? Yeah, I think my main responsibility is just to ensure that all students, especially students uh, with special needs, receive the full spectrum of services that, you know, they deserve. Um over the last couple of years working with the curriculum team, we've really implemented a co-teaching approach to really get students with special needs um, exposed to the core. Um, in addition to that, you know, last year I was lucky enough to get Julie uh, to really target um, intervention and the RTI process in hopes of you know, meeting students' needs before having to have an identification for special services. Okay. Yeah, we could go into a lot of um, alphabet soups, I guess, if you, if you will, for a lot of the things, but we'll kind of keep it general for our listeners who don't uh, speak school or speak uh, uh, special education language and IEPs and MFEs and all the things that we do. Um, but um, so basically just get kids what they need to, to learn. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned um, team teaching and some things, inclusion and some things where we try to get kids with special needs into the regular classroom to make sure that they get exposed to as much as they can. That's Correct. awesome. Yeah. And the only other thing that I want to add to that is that, you know, working in the office, uh, Dana Motes, my administrative assistant, as well as Linda Miller, um, who takes care of all the finances, and Julie has been a great addition as well, um, not only to help with that intervention piece, but also uh, with some of the daily stuff. And, you know, as busy as the office is, there's no way that, you know, it would be as successful as it is without them. Yep. Takes a team, right? Great yeah, team. Absolutely. Yeah, super. So special ed education's changed over the years, and, uh, and, and classroom instruction has seen many changes, too. Can you tell a little bit about how teachers are trying to serve individual needs? Yeah, uh, like I said, we're, we're really looking at that co-teaching model. Um, 
you know, we've had our teams uh, made up of the content specialist as well as the intervention specialist working together now for a couple years. Um, we've also implemented or tried to implement in all of our buildings uh, where they can co-plan to co-serve, um, spending time planning, um, accommodating, modifying to meet all students' needs. Um, really making sure that we're getting that exposure to the core curriculum um, in order for them to be successful. Right. Yeah, good. So you talk about core teachers, and those are our teachers, our content teachers, a regular second grade teacher or a biology teacher. They're a regular, edu what we call regular education teachers. And then an intervention specialist is just that, somebody that's certified in special education and uh, can provide those services uh, specifically, as well as what we would call intervention specialists um, and tutors and, and so on to help uh, support, along with a wide variety of aides and classified people who help uh, make sure kids get what they need, both uh, uh, intellectually and, and physically. Uh, Absolutely, in the and, and that's a good point as far as the educational assistance because they are vital for some of our students um, and provide a lot of support within that gen ed setting so they can be successful in there. Right. So uh, approximately 600 students with a, um, either a learning or physical disability, um, um, and um, that's about what 12 15 percent of our population i think yeah we're yeah. pushing 15 percent, and you know that's one of the reasons why i was excited uh you know when you and mr pilati allowed julie to come on board to really look at that intervention piece um you know to see if, if there's a way to be more proactive than reactive and right. give the kids uh you know that intervention that they need prior to and hopefully not needing to then be identified for special ed services right right yep and so we'll talk about that response to intervention plan and that pyramid here in a minute but um so an iep or you mentioned an uh, in individual education plan for students that gets them exactly what they need to to um to learn basically and yeah to the accommodations that the modifications that we need to make to the curriculum or the expectations and the uh, delivery and different um, approaches to make sure they get what they need to learn at high levels. So, Correct. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. Well, we have uh, about a hundred special education, uh, special services staff members. How do you get them professional development and uh, how do you keep them on top of their game? For the professional development, we really try to have them work alongside content specialists, you know, those gen ed teachers, especially since we have that co-teaching model. Um, so a lot of the professional development, um, you know, they're, they're working together to ensure that they're receiving the same message so they can deliver that same mm -hmm. message. Um, in addition to that, Julie and Samantha, our BCBA, have done professional development targeting specific areas like behavior, uh, de-escalation. Um, at the beginning of every year, I always do a compliance update and overview for all the special ed staff. Um, I also have monthly building meetings in each of the, in each of the buildings to meet with uh, the special ed staff to go over any updates from the Ohio Department of Education, Office of Exceptional Children, and to see if they have any questions or concerns. And so, 
you know, Julie and I, we try to meet with them, like I said, every month to try to head off any issues or concerns that they have. Lots of legal changes all the time coming at us and laws and law changes. And you mentioned the the state agency that oversees it with the Office of Exceptional Children, but there's also the federal IDEA and and some uh, federal regulations that come at us as well that uh, we've got to make sure we're compliant with and all all ultimately getting uh, kids what they need. Correct. Yeah, good. Good. Julie, we're going to shift gears to you now. And um, you work with the, we mentioned the response to intervention team. And uh, can you tell us what RTI means and uh, what how it works, what, what it does, what's the purpose? Yeah, so um, RTI is response to intervention. And the basis of it is a tiered model that allows us to look, um, dig a little bit deeper into student data so we can provide tiered intervention supports um, at the level that they need and in the area that they need, whether that's academic-based um, or behavioral or now social-emotional. Um, and we look at it from a student perspective, but we also look at it systematically from a building perspective and collecting that data and making changes accordingly. Okay, great. Very um, detailed and scientific. What's that mean for a teacher? Can you give us a, an example of a um, uh, some interventions that take place in the classroom, maybe by a regular education teacher before um, a student is identified as a, a needing special instruction? Yeah, absolutely. So the best example I have is probably of a, a kindergartner, you know, coming into school for the first time, maybe one not having preschool experience, um, and really coming in and trying to learn letters and letter names and letter sounds, and a teacher really focusing in on that student and focusing in on maybe these four letters this week, um, and seeing what they've learned and what they haven't, and either increasing that instruction, or hopefully they meet they meet their goal, they meet those four letters, and we can continue to move forward. Um, and then those kids that don't respond to that intervention saying, okay, how does that change? Do we need to intensify that intervention or do we need to look at um, other ways to support them? Yep. So uh, the, I guess the ways to do that are, uh, one is maybe more time, two is a different approach, um, uh, whether it's uh, manipulatives or, or some other hands-on type of thing or um, a completely different um, uh, way to introduce or to practice those things. Yeah, great. Absolutely, modalities. Yeah. Our best best partners are parents and families that help support at home. And, uh, you know, from we'll talk about preschool here in a minute too, but um, the, the best thing that our parents can do with young kids is read with them and to them and, and um, uh, practice that in front of them, even if you're not reading to them. But uh, reading is so important and so vital. I want to know our assistant soup for um, instruction and teaching and learning, Dave Pilati, is um, adamant that early reading skills are vital to the rest of our educational career as kids go through, and uh, that's absolutely true. So reading is important, and I stopped by Claremont this morning and walked in on, a, I think it was a kindergarten class, and they introduced me and talked about snow days. Of course, the superintendent's the snow day guy, but anyways, um, talked about what they do on a snow day because those kids didn't know. They've not experienced the thrill of a snow day yet, but... Um, the teacher was right on. She said, what do you do on a, on a snow day? And the kid said, play. And she said, no, you read, read, read. <laughs> so, yeah, the, but it's a very, very important for, uh, for that. But the response intervention is um, really important, and we want to get kids um, uh, intervention as soon as possible before, you know, we're not going to do it at the end of the nine weeks when they receive a, a grade that's not where it should be. We're, we're on it uh, with each each day basically that they're trying to make sure and identify where kids are that they're on track and with formative assessments and other kinds of things so yeah absolutely being able to look at that data and make changes instantly instead of waiting 
Right. And kids are so different every day, even, I mean, go to a middle school and look at the difference in kids and, and uh, maturity and physical growth and all the things that they are so different and even our own kids at home. But um, preschool and kindergarten age kids come in at so many different levels. Nobody's the same. And so let's, let's go to preschool a little bit and talk about, you know, some of the things that, that we have uh, preschool that is is important um can you talk about um the great job that our early childhood center does and and uh, how do they prepare kids for kindergarten because in preschool you can um get in between um ages three and, and five and three on up and it's a uh, integrated preschool can you talk about what ours how ours works and what what they do yeah, um, we try to go with an 8-8 model, atypical peers to eight students with disabilities. Um, in fact, our preschool program has grown tremendously. Um, in fact, this year we're looking already to add a sixth classroom because we have more students being referred uh, through Help Me Grow, which is the agency that works with the students from birth through three. So for those students that are being referred, we need to make sure that we have their ETR and their IEP in place by their third birthday. And there has been a, humendous, or a huge growth with regard to those number of students. Um, and that's one of the reasons why we're looking to open that sixth classroom so we can provide um, the services that they need as well as hopefully bringing in some more of those typical peers to deliver that service as well. Right. Um, one thing that the preschool with uh, help from um, Michelle Hostetler, the director of instruction, they're really trying to align their curriculum to the kindergarten curriculum to ensure that all of our preschool students when they transition are in fact kindergarten ready. Yep. Good, good. So, and then, then there are kids that don't attend our preschool and, and kids that, that attend preschools other places, but then there's some kids walking into kindergarten that haven't had any preschool at all. And that's uh, where you get that difference of kids. And, and some are fine and some need some extra help. But preschool is, is not just learning disabilities. We don't probably identify them there. It's, it's typically delays, um, some significant handicaps, but uh, there's also uh, occupational therapy, physical therapy, speech therapy, all those services are handled in, through the preschool. And and um, we're required by law to provide those services age three to five if they're identified through the system and, and things. Is that correct? Yes, yeah. and, and all of the related service, uh, OT, PT, speech, you know, that goes pre-K-12. Yeah, right. Now, you mentioned a couple of letters, um, ETR and IEP. Can you those say are? what those Yeah, the evaluation team report is the actual report um, that would identify a student with a disability. And then the ETR drives the IEP, the individual education plan. So the plan is going to meet the needs of the students that are identified in the ETR. Correct. Yeah. And who's, who's you say the evaluation team report, who's on that, who serves and, and helps coordinate that process? We have the school psychologist. Um, there's also the general education teacher, the intervention specialist, um, the district rep, which is typically the building principal. Sometimes our school psychologists also serve as a district rep for the IEP. Um, and any other related service providers we try to have at those meetings as right, well. Right, 
in, in including you or Julie or, or some others possibly or administrators possibly. And so 600 kids, um, you just rattled off about five or six or seven people involved in each ETR for every student. And then the IEP team is, is slightly different. Some folks are the same, but some are different. So every student with special needs has a, a lot of adults teaming up with them to help one, identify their needs, but two, develop a plan that works for them. Correct. Just yeah. to ensure that they're receiving all the services that they need to be successful. Yeah. Big effort. Good. Thanks. Well, th- there's another segment of um, uh, students that we have at, at North Canton that uh, also need some help. And uh, your department kind of handles uh, students that are homeless and um, to try to get them. So the laws regarding the education of homeless have changed over the years in the last 10 years specifically. But could you tell us about those responsibilities for public school districts to, to help um, um, serve homeless students? Yeah, I would say that the biggest concern would be for their enrollment. Uh, many of the families, they don't have all of the documents that are typically required for enrollment, um, and that's okay. We take them, we get them enrolled as soon as possible to get them in school. Um, You know, the other um, concern at times is transportation. So we work with other districts to help to ensure that, you know, the students are able to be transported as well. Oftentimes, if we have a family that was at North Canada, let's say, is... Um, doubled up in plane. You know, the two districts work together to try to deliver that transportation services. Right. Yep. Yep. That's a tough thing and it's growing. Or I don't, I'm not sure exactly what our numbers are on homeless. It, it kind of fluctuates um, in and out, high and low, but uh, a lot of, m- lot more of our kids than uh, maybe 10 years ago for sure. Correct. Uh, yeah. This yeah. year we've seen the highest number so far and, you know, it's only September. Right. Right. Yep. Good. Well, Julie, I wanted to ask you a question off script a little bit, but uh, you were a school psychologist and we talked about them a little bit today. And, and uh, tell, tell me about a school psychologist, what they do, uh, maybe how many we have. I believe we have one in every building or at least accessible to every building. Tell us what their role is. Yeah, so we currently have five school psychologists. We have one serving our preschool population, and then we have one serving our K-2, one serving our 3-5 building, um, one at the middle school, and then one at the high school. Um, And our role definitely fluctuates according to student need. Um, We do our our primary responsibility is to coordinate the evaluation team report um, and to coordinate those meetings with support staff and with the principals and, of course, with our families. Um, We do all of the testing. Um, for the individual child one-on-one, um, and we gather all the data necessary for that document. Um, we also help guide that IEP and those goals using the data from that ETR. Um, so that's kind of the main purpose of our job. Mm-hmm. Um, but the beauty of North Canton is that um, our school psychologists also provide services to our kids, whether it's small group or one-on-one counseling. So we're able to um support our our guidance counselors and support that need um, behaviorally and social emotionally as well great um i I think yeah thank you i think john mentioned our our bcba earlier and and that is a behavior coach essentially any uh, how many do we have what's our what's their role it's huge. Um, <laughs> yeah. you, can, you can talk to any building principal. Uh, Sam does a tremendous job, and I think she's been here six, 
Yeah, six six years. years. Um, and you know, she works about 30 hours a week. She, she's not full time, but boy, when she's here, she's working. Um, she spends a lot of time in all of our buildings, particularly at the K2 and 3-5, and really works with um, students, families, teachers, principals on developing specific plans to address student behavior. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, I think I'm proud of as a director is that we don't place a lot of kids out. And there's a lot of districts that do. Mm -hmm. And I think one of our main reasons for that is to be able to have that behavioral support with Sam. Um, the other thing is having that additional school psych. I think it was two years ago that we, you know, we're fortunate enough, you and Mr. Pilati allowed us to hire that fifth psych to really help with RTI, not only academically, but also behaviorally. And like mm -hmm. Julie said, um, the psychs really jump in when needed to help with behavior and social emotional learning and so forth. And I think all of that allows us to keep kids in district right. instead of looking for a placement for them out of district. Right. Yeah. And uh, I would um, say thank you for the services that you guys provide in, in keeping our kids here and also in, in, in regular ed classrooms as much as possible in, in that inclusion setting. So that's in, important for growth and, you know, the behavior piece. We've got some young folks who ha are really challenged um, with uh, lack of support and lack of um, maybe some experiences to um, be able to assimilate to a classroom setting and some things. And it's just, it's really tough on them. And uh, um, everybody works super hard and, and um, appreciate the behavior coach, Sam, and, and some things on how that works and have seen that work um, in detail. But uh, thank you for all your services, both of you and what you do for our kids. And um, um, yeah, it's a great thing. I think we have, uh, we have a lot of inquiries about uh, North Canton special services and uh, you both are to blame and, uh, and thank for that. So we appreciate the services you provide and our staff. I mean, our teachers are great in, in doing what they need to do for kids, especially with kids for, um, with special needs. Well, thanks. Thanks. Anything else you want to add uh, today? No, just thanks, for having, thanks us. for having us. Absolutely. Yeah, we're glad you joined us. And uh, I want to thank our listeners for joining us today. Uh, this podcast is a great way to share information about the school district and uh, with residents and families. And we sure appreciate uh, um, our guests today and what they shared on North Canton Special Services. Uh, if you have any questions or suggestions about the podcast or, or want to um, suggest a, a particular participant, let us know. You can email us at vikingspotlight at northcantonschools.org um, or just give us a ring. Uh, we also welcome your thoughts regarding this particular podcast and happy to circle back and answer any questions that you might have. Um, next week, we'll be talking with Mrs. Sandy Stambaugh uh, from North Canton Middle School about the new wellness class for seventh, uh, seventh grade students. Uh, this class was developed... Um, um, with our, our middle school and our, our other uh, programs to provide uh, services for students um, um, that uh, are struggling with uh, emotional issues and uh, building relationships with peers and adults, completing work and solving problems. And uh, we, we, it's a great class and a great program. We're really thrilled with that. So Mrs. Stambaugh is going to be here to chat with us about that. So looking forward to having that conversation. So uh, that's it for another week on uh, Viking Spotlight. If you have any questions or concerns, 
listeners, just give us a call. We'd be happy to chat about it. And uh, school's off to a great start. And um, we're uh, rolling towards the end of September. Hard to believe we've been in school for a few weeks now. So um, thanks, everybody, and have a great week. And go Vikings. Vikings.